Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Well, what I do is uh, I look a woman up and down, and I say, Hey, how you doing? And I hope you're doing well, everybody. That's my wish anyway. This is Jim McCairns with the good, the bad, and the TV on the Believe Podcast Network. It's the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out on your favorite podcast site. Subscribe, rate us, love us, believe in us. Hey, now let's believe in the good, the bad, and the TV. The year is 1960. It's a year that JFK is elected, of course, inaugurated 71 days later, shot dead in Dallas 1,037 days after that. A promising life and a promising decade, each cut short. Born this year, champion diver Greg Luganis, politician Amy Klobuchar, activist and Julia Roberts lookalike Aaron Brockovich, quarterback John Elway, Actor Sean Penn, musician Branford Marsalis, singer Amy Grant, and three weeks after Election Day, JFK's son, John Kennedy Jr., who himself dies young at 38 in 1999. The first Playboy Club opens in Chicago in 1960, as does the first Domino's Pizza in Michigan. Greensboro, North Carolina, is one of many sites of many sit-ins, organized this year to protest the racial divide. Louisville, Kentucky-born Cassius Clay wins gold in boxing at the Rome Summer Olympics. He'll convert to Islam a year later, changing his name to Muhammad Ali. The Pirates, the Canadians, the Celtics, and the hometown Eagles are the pro sports champs of the year. Percy Faith's theme from a summer place is the top recording. Harper Lee, To Kill a Mockingbird, published this year, goes on to win a Pulitzer Prize. Clark Gable dies of a heart attack in 1960, two weeks before Thanksgiving, at just 59. Four months later, his widow gives birth to Gable's only son. Ben-Hur is named Best Picture of 1959, and Alfred Hitchcock's classic Psycho, which pushes more envelopes than Office Depot, comes out in the summer of 1960 complete with a Hitchcock-imposed no-late-arrival policy that somehow actually enforced at theaters. Trivia note, the infamous three-minute shower scene in Psycho reportedly takes six days to shoot the previous December and uses 77 different camera angles. Meanwhile, in patriotic ceremonies all across the country in July of 1960, the new 50-star United States flag is raised. A year after the state of Hawaii, joins our more perfect union. And in Hollywood, a symbolic flag of TV history is lowered forever. As Lucy, Ricky, Fred, and Ethel come together in primetime for the very last time. Nine years after the landmark half-hour sitcom I Love Lucy begins, and three years after it morphs into a strange, sporadically airing series of one-hour specials, it's over for the Ricardos. Because in 1960, it's over for the real-life Arnez family. The world still loves Lucy, but Lucy herself, well, after 20 years, she's divorcing Desi. Many are surprised the pair actually make it that far. 
The marriage seems born of fate, though, and like much of life itself, born of chance. Chance that finds Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, strangers to each other, each cast in a 1940 film called Too Many Girls. She's a 29-year-old, steadily working RKO contract player. He's a 23-year-old, Cuban-born band leader, making his film debut. They meet, they fall in love, and just months later, they marry. Says a co-star from the film, it happened so fast, everybody on the set made bets about how long it would last. Chance that finds CBS radio with a hole to fill on its schedule one night eight years later, turning to a test episode it has on hand to fill it, of a new domestic sitcom called My Favorite Husband, starring movie actress Lucille Ball and an actor named Lee Bowman. Chance that finds the response to the one-time airing positive enough that CBS decides to make it a regular weekly radio show with actor Richard Denning subbing for the now unavailable Bowman. And then it doing so well on radio over the next two years that CBS approaches Lucille Ball about taking my favorite husband to the new medium of television. Chance that finds Ball with sufficient enough clout at this point to insist that the husband now be played by her favorite husband, Desi Arnaz the better to keep an eye on the wandering ladies' man that Desi has shown himself to be since, well, 1940. CBS eventually agrees, and the new third version, now called I Love Lucy, gets underway in 1951. And then Chance that finds audiences connecting to the pairing and to the show in such a big way that I Love Lucy becomes the biggest thing on TV, and Lucy and Desi, the new medium's new royalty. So successful as I Love Lucy, stratospheric ratings, TV's number one show for four of six seasons, a weekly national gathering, a perennial Emmy favorite, that it fosters a TV empire for the pair called Desilu Productions. First a company and then an entire studio, it's the force behind a handful of other hits throughout the decade. And when I Love Lucy wraps up as a weekly series in 1957, Executive producer Desi says it's time for a change. Desi Lu is the imprint used for a new version of the series that starts airing later in the year. Formally billed under various titles tied to a sole commercial sponsor, it's mostly known simply as the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour. With the Ricardos and the Mertzes back in prime time in occasionally airing one-hour specials that continue their adventures, in Westport, Connecticut. CBS envisions more from the new idea. Lucy is TV gold, after all, and it wants to mine as much as it can get from her. But a total of just 13 episodes of the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour comes of it, made and aired between 1957 and 1960, five during each of the 1957 and 1958 TV seasons, and three during the 1959 season, ending in April of 1960. It's still Lucy, and it's still popular, but the LDCH is less story-driven and more an excuse for Lucy to interact with big-name guest stars of the day who appears themselves. Milton Berle, Hedda Hopper, Fred McMurray, Tallulah Bankhead, Danny Thomas, Red Skelton, among them. The core quartet of old don't have much to do together. 
plus some of the episodes aren't even shot of in front of an audience, which is too bad because in the half hour version of the series, that's how the live wire that is just Lucy finds its biggest charges. And a one hour sitcom is asking a lot of both its writers and its viewers. So the Lucy Desi comedy hour is a bit lacking. A bit devoid of the original shows, couples fired, gender sparring, harebrained schemes, energy. That behind the scenes, the tumultuous Ball Arnaz marriage is crumbling all the while doesn't help. By time of its third season, the fraying marriage is reduced to single strands of thread. Its end seems both inevitable and awaited. Production is tense. There are constant arguments backstage, and it's not the union crew. As the third and final episode of this third season gets underway, the story is that Lucy and Desi are no longer even speaking to each other. Go-betweens are used to pass messages to the other, sometimes even when they're just feet apart. The episode rolls with a reality that only the two stars know. Divorce is all but a done deal. Season 3, Episode 3 is called Lucy Meets the Mustache. The mustache being guest star, popular TV comedian Ernie Kovacs, known for his trademark facial hair. It's written by Bob Schiller and Bob Weisskopf, and as the previous two installments of the season have been, it's directed by Arnez himself. And though there will someday be a debate bordering on conspiracy theorizing as to when it's actually shot, official records indicate that Lucy Meets the Mustache films at Desilu Studios in Hollywood on March 2nd, 1960, without an audience. The script itself, that's dated January 18th, 1960. The storyline, Ricky is out of sorts because he hasn't been getting any TV offers. So Lucy and the Mertzes try to get him booked on the Ernie Kovacs TV show. Kovacs and wife singer Edie Adams having moved in next door. Complications evidently ensue. There's not much to the episode itself. There's no on-screen indication it's the final show of the season, let alone the final ever Lucy and Desi appearance. But because of the long-simmering tensions and the private news that Lucy and Desi are harboring about their futures, it's a heavy and emotional shoot. Writes Desi Arnaz in his 1976 memoir titled A Book, quote, Doing that show was not easy. We knew it was the last time we would be Lucy and Ricky, as fate would have it. The very last scene called for a long clinch and a kiss and make-up ending. As we got to it, we looked at each other, embraced, and kissed. This was not just an ordinary kiss for a scene in a show. It was a kiss that would wrap up 20 years of love and friendship, triumphs and failures, ecstasy and sex, jealousy and regrets, heartbreaks and laughter, and tears. Remembers Lucy about the scene, in Michael McClay's book, I Love Lucy, Desi was supposed to pull me into his embrace and kiss while saying tenderly, After this, Lucy, remember you can help me most by not helping me. When the cameras closed in for that final embrace and curtain line, I started to cry. We shot it over and over until everyone was misty-eyed. It marked the end of so many things. After the kiss, she notes, she looked at husband director Desi Arnaz and says, You're supposed to say cut. I know, he responds. Then, cut, goddammit. 
The next morning, Lucille Ball files for divorce. She tells the court, it got so bad that I thought it would be better for us not to be together. The March 3rd divorce filing date is real, but there is indeed some waffling about when exactly the Lucy meets the mustache episode is shot. Some suggest that it's done days, weeks, even months earlier, as early as December 1959, but that the March date is the date selected as its official timestamp because the fact that Lucy files for divorce the very next day makes for a better story. Or that because March 2nd is the date in 1951 that the pilot for I Love Lucy is shot, which it is. Or that because March 2nd is Desi Arnaz's birthday, which it is. Each of which make for a good story as well. Or that, of course, it's simply the date that the show is filmed. Pick the reason that works for you. Trivia alert. Despite the end for both the Arnazes and in turn the Ricardos, CBS still has plans for the Lucy brand. It has a contract for an I Love Lucy spinoff called The Mertz Apartments, with William Frawley and Vivian Vance continuing on with their Fred and Ethel roles, but back in New York City. Vivian Vance wants nothing to do with it, though, because she wants nothing to do with Frawley, with whom she famously has never gotten along. That she bails on the spinoff idea, and in doing so, robs Frawley of a continued steady paycheck. He doesn't like Vance either, but he's willing to go along for the sake of a job. Evidently makes him hate his co-star even more for the remaining six years of his life. He drops dead on Hollywood Boulevard one afternoon in 1966. Whenever Lucy meets the mustaches shot, it definitely airs on CBS on April 1st, 1960. No April Fool's. It marks the end of a TV dynasty, the last time the four appear on screen together. It's also the only Lucy Desi comedy hour to air in the 1960s. Seeming to cue that I Love Lucy, and all that it represents, the pairing of star-crossed, faded to flame-out lovers, the accidental hit that becomes the building block for a new medium, the Monday night staple that an entire country assembles for each week, should always and only be remembered inside a black and white 1950s frame. A love letter to a time and place. The result of two people who simply fell in love. Maybe I'm the romantic, says I Love Lucy director William Asher, years later to People magazine. But there was a great, great love there. There really was. Desi was very unhappy about the breakup. And I think she was too. I don't think either one of them ever got over it. End quote. In the closing moments of the final ever episode in April of 1960, after the complications have ensued, but before the director says, cut, God damn it, guest star and Kovac's wife, singer Edie Adams, is asked to sing a song as the families gather in the Ricardo Westport living room with Ethel on the piano. Adams later says that she's unaware of the pending real-life Lucy Desi divorce. By accident, then, the song she chooses is the jazz and blues standard from 1952 called That's All. All right, Ethel? You got a book. I can only give you love that lasts forever And the promise to be near each time you call And the only heart I own for you 
listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel and I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.